Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good. You know, after the ridiculous success of that last time I opened some Star Trek cards, I'm kind of tempted to open some more. They're sitting here right next to me. I was going to say, like, today's episode is, uh, is Season 2, Episode 7, Unnatural Selection. And it was presaged by these cards. Yeah. Uh, it was predicted by the magic cards that I got you off of eBay. <laughs> it kind of freaks me out. Did you, like, promise your firstborn son to the gypsy that sold you them on eBay? Yeah, look, I mean... Excuse I, me, Romani, I'm sorry. I hit a gypsy in a crosswalk with my car, and uh, as I... As I, I don't recommend her, that, Adam. Yeah, ordinarily, I would have just kept on driving, yeah. as, I've, as I do most of the time. But I stopped, and I, and I tried to help her. She was dying in my arms, and, and she looked at me, and she said, Podcast. <laughs> so this, this show is, is your curse made manifest, huh? It is, yeah. And you get to live in it with me for some reason. I never, I never did anything but use a kind of offensive ethnic epithet like gypsy <laughs> in a public yeah. forum. God, that was a mouthful. I really regret that. Okay, I've got uh, I've got five new cards. All right. Uh, one of them is for an episode called Aquiel. Uh, it's like a what are we looking at? Pink circle with an eye at the top and a hand at the bottom. I don't remember this episode. Uh, yeah. The Enterprise arrives near a remote subspace relay station. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. I'm I'm already asleep reading the back of this card. Next yeah, one is uh, is a picture of Data being shocked by some electricity, and it's for an episode called Disaster. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Um, these are all. I think these are all for episodes. The next oh, really? one is for an episode called Transfigurations. Uh huh. That might be coming up in season three. Yeah. It's like a. There are no spoilers you're looking at, right? Like, uh, they aren't giving too much away when you just look at the image? Not as far as I can tell. Well, that's good. Let's see. Manhunt. Oh, did we watch this episode? En route to the Pacifica conference? Didn't oh, yeah. Weren't they talking about... Yeah. It was one of those great conference episodes that we've done. Oh, this is, the, uh, this is the Troy episode with Troy's mom. Sure is. I think Burned this is uh, this is like dog versus lizard people or whatever. <laughs> what did we? Oh, that's right. Fish yeah. versus dog. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, unfortunately the 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 trading card really doesn't illuminate any of that. It's just, I think it's I don't I'm not even sure who it is. It might be Picard uh, in profile with kind of a weird psychedelic pattern. God, you know, if they ever do another version of these cards, I wonder if this show will get a. A special card. Oh, I would sign. I I mean... I would sign until my signing hand was stiff and claw-like. Yeah. It'd be Uh, awesome. My last card here is for an episode called The Outcast, which I do remember. This is that episode where they're at a planet where gender doesn't exist, like the there's no male-female divide, and Riker gets down with, uh, with one of the members of the society. Awesome. 
and uh, it's seen as... You guys a little diplomatic relations? Mm-hmm. A deep diplomatic relations, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like... I guess you, it would have you, to be the butt, right? If uh, <laughs> if you don't have a gender, like, you probably don't have a... Yeah, as far as I know, a butthole is, is genderless. Yeah. You know, you could be describing any one of, like, 60 episodes of this show by just, <laughs> by just the logline, uh, Riker engages in diplomatic relations with an alien species. Yeah, that is a fair point. Uh, he doesn't quite get near any of that in this episode, though. No. Uh, unless, he, unless he's attracted to olds, which uh, he, is not, he has not demonstrated that predilection so no. far. I mean... I don't think Riker is super, super selective. I think he kind of takes all comers, but... Yeah, they all feel the same on the inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> that might have been the worst thing I've ever said on this show. Oh, I've said worse. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Mm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. This episode starts with Picard captain logging, and uh, his his observation about this mission that like they have zero details on was is that he hopes it will help him evaluate his new chief medical officer more which is maybe the dumbest thing i've ever heard in the captain's log because it's like do we really need that setup do we need to set up that this is going to be a, a pulaski episode or can we just have the episode it might be that uh that they're sort of doing the viewer a favor telegraphing that this is a Pulaski episode right off the top like yeah like if if you don't care you can check out now yeah yeah go ahead and and do something else with your Sunday evening uh just come back next week that's uh that's an awesome little feint on the writer's part but like it, it, like he says they literally know nothing about this mission other than that they like need to be some specific place and then he says that he hopes it allows him to evaluate his chief medical officer. It's like it's not like it we're on a medical mission of mercy or anything like that. It's like it's like I have no idea what's going on, but I sure hope the doctor becomes involved in it somehow. Irrespective of the mission, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. <laughs> like, okay. So as the as the mission begins the Enterprise receives a distress call uh, from what we learn is the USS Landry, a ship that should be super familiar to you, Ben, as such a big fan of the second Star Trek movie. It's sort of like a, a Reliant-looking ship. It's definitely whatever this, the class of ship that Reliant is. Sort of yeah. uh, makes me wonder like how long these ships are in service for. They say this one was a cargo ship, and I feel like the, if it's a cargo ship... Like maybe they're using, they're using uh, older ships for that service. Oh, they like, like demilitarize de- older ships. That would seem that way. Yeah, like, that makes because, sense. Because at the time of the second movie, like this was a sort of a badass ship. Right. It was pretty great, but I, I imagine they just stripped it out and now they're using it for uh, moving cargo around, which is the which is the picture we get in the description that Data gives as to what sort of ship class this is. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the cargo ship you picture when you hear the phrase cargo ship, but uh, I, your little uh, headcanon works for me. Glad it's working for someone. So shit, shit is not great on the Lantry because they use, like, special Starfleet codes, maybe the same codes that they used on uh, on the Reliant in Wrath of Khan. So they, they 
hack into the mainframe and they're able to get a look at the bridge of the ship and uh everybody is dead of of old age seemingly i think that uh i think it's Riker that says it's like they had a battle with time and Worf tosses in and lost god that ship must smell so bad like <laughs> the ship smelled really bad before everyone died mm-hmm. that old person smell oh yeah and just yeah. hangs in the air yeah just like soup you know coughing without covering their mouths and always unwrapping hard candies and really noisy plastic wrappers it's like just, they uh, just they roll fucking... up to the lantry and their turn signal is on yeah like, <laughs> just just clicking you know they they're... they look at the bridge there are canasta games that weren't even finished <laughs> when they when they pass <laughs> There, there, there are a thousand piece puzzles that are, you know, three quarters finished and, the, and yeah. they'll never be finished. There's a cat puzzle that will never be finished. It's a sad scene. Yeah, so sad. Uh, <laughs> so they, th- th- there's a mystery afoot and they, they start looking into like what could have caused this. Um, I Where guess, they've been. Yeah. The ship shipped out eight weeks ago. Full complement uh, was given a clean bill of health one of the officers had had a case of the thalusian flu but uh you know had had been had been cleared to ship out and i think pulaski says the thalusian flu is is a uh, you know normal rhinovirus nothing no big whoop yeah certainly not anything that's going to kill anyone so then they're like well they must have picked something up at the last whatever the last place they were at which is a genetic research station on Gagarin 4 and and so they're like well we got to go check that out we're not going to leave this death ship here so they erect a quarantine buoy uh to warn off other ships and they they just turn on its hazard lights yeah and they jet off to Gagarin 4 uh which is also uh putting out a distress call as as uh, luck would have it and they get on uh, FaceTime with a very old lady. We've just declared a medical emergency here. We need your help. This science officer who gets on the blower with them makes it pretty clear that uh, that she's a 30-year-old woman, but what we're seeing is a real grandma on screen. Yeah, I mean, she says that she's uh, supposed to be in her 30s, but uh, she and Dr. Pulaski really have, like, top-notch old lady phone manners. <laughs> like like Pulaski pipes up in the midst of the the call and and this uh this scientist lady down on the service goes excuse me to whom am i speaking <laughs> and uh i feel like uh i feel like she kind of shows her hand like maybe you aren't 35 after all lady yeah and all in the background like the background action is a bunch of white hairs like in v-neck sweaters like <laughs> Like, they might be suffering from some kind of virus, but I feel like they're also embracing it, too, a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, this is finally this is finally a reason for uh, for them to go shopping at, like, Chico's. Yeah. Having dinner at 4.30 p.m. is actually kind of nice. <laughs> and the bargains. I, I like waking up first thing in the morning. That's a great start on my day. You know, Pinochle is a really interesting game when you get down to it. It's handrails everywhere and, like, the lower peephole on the door. Right. And and this is definitely that sort of facility. A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. 
We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Lumi Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. So the scientist lady is pretty concerned about the safety of the children that they are doing research on here. Because she's she's positive that they don't have any... They, they don't pose any risk to the enterprise, but they've had to quarantine their own facility. And so, and so Picard convenes a little, a little, uh, conference in the conference room to discuss like the risks that they're about to start taking. Cause, uh, the scientist lady, Dr. Kingsley is, uh, is 
pretty hell-bent on getting these these children off of the planet surface. So Troy weighs in and she says she's not lying about... I mean, she believes that the kids are not a threat, but she's also not really telling the truth about something. They decide, like, they're going to put up a force field and beam the uh, the kid up in... Um, oh, what do they call it? Uh, carbonite? Yeah, carbonite. Yeah, they um, definitely beam this child up in carbonite on a on a special bed with a shield around it. Yeah, and uh, and when they beam him up, it's like a 23-year-old male underwear model, and that f- Who, freaks Worf out really bad. He looks exactly like your uh, Star Trek baseball card, because that's the same guy, right? Same guy, yeah. I have a, a signed baseball card from a male underwear model in my house. You should put that on your nightstand. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna inspire a lot of uh, uh, sexual encounters from here on out. <laughs> I can only hope. Yeah, I. God, it, that really like breaking into production a little bit. That had to be really uncomfortable for that actor because it's basically a a plastic cowl that covers his entire body. Yeah, can't have been. Uh, it's it's got to have been pretty hot under that thing. Yeah, I want to know more about how they did that. I just couldn't find anything in my research so Pulaski gets to scanning and she kind of you know says decides that he's he's healthy and he's not he doesn't have any pathogens and he's got a uh, really advanced immune system to boot so she doesn't feel like he's really a threat of any kind and so she starts lobbying the captain to let her uh, unfreeze him from the carbonite and, uh, and Troy gets a hit that he's an empath too right Oh yeah, like like from the bedside, he, she's like, "Huh, well, I'm I'm actually getting something from him, even though he's in this shielding." I neglected to mention that. I'm sorry, Adam. Well, I'm just trying to help. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Instead of constantly interrupting you, I will occasionally offer some helpful information. <laughs> I don't think you constantly interrupt me, though. I feel like that's you being oh, sensitive I do. about something. I do. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> so she wants to unfreeze him and, and, uh, the captain's pretty dead set against it because he doesn't want to put the ship at further risk. So she's, she discusses this with Jordy and they come up with the idea of going on a shuttle craft that has left the ship and unfreezing him there. And, uh, the captain is prepared to agree with that situation. So... Kind of a cool idea. Like, you got a mini starship. Why don't you just uh, park it on the outside and do your test out there? Yeah. So they go out there, uh, data pilots, because obviously he's going to be immune to this, unlike the disease that got everybody drunk in Drunk Shimoda episode. Right. You know, they they just know. They just know he's going to be immune to it, which is great. <laughs> they seem to really, like, throw him into dangerous situations, just assuming he's going to be all right, even though he is... The most precious commodity in the entire Starfleet. Yeah. Like, absolutely irreplaceable. <laughs> but they're constantly, like, walking him through fire, sending him on, on ships about to explode. Yeah, sending sending him to time warp planets where uh, yeah. lasers are going to shoot at him. Yeah. <laughs> they really don't seem to care about him at all. Yeah. And it's a good thing, because his feelings won't be hurt anyway. He doesn't give a shit. So uh, she unfreezes him, and he he pops up and grabs her arm and and starts start telepathing with her, which is 
I feel like a, a great way that the show's producers found to not pay George Baxter for having any lines, even though Holy they got shit. him into his underpants. That's why he's uncredited. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not a speaking part, even though it's essentially a nudity part. Look, George Baxter, uh, we're going to get you down into your skivvies. <laughs> You're not going to have a single line, but trust me when I tell you, you will become famous in 20 years for a Star Trek baseball card that you'll have to sign. <laughs> He's like, deal. That sounds great. What do you think? the? He must have been paid to sign some cards, right? That would seem to be his only payment for his involvement in this show. Well, that and his uh, upcoming appearance at Greatest Gen Con, uh, in which he'll be going deep into some of the negotiations that his... Uh, his management failed to engage in uh, with the producers of Star Trek The Next Generation. I hope he's retained that same management because I think we could negotiate with them pretty well. <laughs> like, I think our chances are good of getting him on the con. Yeah, you, and also, you don't change horses midstream. We want to make sure that he's recognized at Greatest Gen Con, so I think if he shows up just wearing underwear, uh, that'd be ideal for everyone, I think. Yeah, not a tidy whitey, but like a white... Uh, boxer brief would be great. It is a guiding principle of a dark reading face. Have you got find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth? You don't deserve to wear that uniform. So this winds up starting to be kind of a big episode for Chief O'Brien, uh, who yep. goes down to sick bay to supervise beaming him off the ship and then is tasked with reconfiguring the transporter because not long after Pulaski has this guy unfrozen uh, does she come down with the exact same condition? Arthritic inflammation is the initial symptom of the disease. Which is holding up the people down on the planet. Yeah, the, uh, the first symptom of the virus is arthritic joint pain and a real need for some soft food. <laughs> like a real hunger Yeah, for, uh, for some applesauce. Yeah. Not too spicy. So they're like, um, they're pretty excited about this idea that they can just beam her back to the ship and filter out whatever changed about her by referencing the pattern buffer on, you know, on the last time she beamed. But uh, yeah, the idea being is that they use the last scan of her body when she was healthy, comp it against the one that she's got right now. Right. And then like the subtract there out some the difference. Yeah, right. exactly. It's like uh, it's like multiplying fractions. Yeah. So that's a great idea, except for Pulaski is a transportophobe and mm. has never been on the transporter on the Enterprise. And the uh, last ship she was on scrubbed her transporter records from the few times that she did it there. And uh, so they don't have a bio pattern to, uh, to work with. It's as if the TSA has been throwing away all of our nude x-rays throughout <laughs> the years. Oh, that would be you know, such a shame. I don't believe that's happened either. Yeah. Uh, so she and Data take the shuttle down to the planet surface, and they get to work with these scientists trying to trying to come up with something that explains this horrible illness because they don't think it can be coming from the children, but they don't they don't really have any kind of understanding of what is causing it. And yeah, the chief scientist is like, check out our our experiments on children. Look at how advanced they are. And they're like moving shit with their minds. Yeah. They're they're playing three-dimensional chess without touching any of the pieces. They all yeah. they're all like really good looking. Yeah, well, like that's a, like a J Crew catalog waiting to happen. 
it's some real like final solutioneering. Yeah. You know, of of like master race genetics, like like every like these she basically cops to it. She's like we we genetically modified people into perfect people and here they are. Yeah. I mean, now that you're pointing this out, she really is like a space mangala. Like she yeah. is she is fully doing some like some sick human experimentation to like purify genetics. She doesn't seem to grok how upsetting that idea is to anyone else. Perfect in every way. Their body structure, their musculature, their minds. She's like, well, yeah, that's totally what we're doing. It's, it's our whole mission for being. Yeah. She has that kind of oblivious old lady quality that's typical of 35-year-old women. You know, like, for as science fiction as this show is, <laughs> it's sort of amazing how how often the problem in a particular episode has to do with science to the degree that like, are we sure that this is a pro science show? makes me feel like sometimes this is an anti-science science fiction show. That happens sometimes. I mean, that was true of Jurassic park in a lot of ways. (laughs) It sure seems like here nature, uh, found a way. (laughs) Uh, that your Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. That, a very terrible Goldblum. So, uh, meanwhile, back up on the ship, they're trying to work out a solution because it seems like at the rate of aging that Pulaski's going through, she is just turning more and more leathery with with every minute. Like, yeah. like sag on top of sag on top of sag. She's being aged rapidly by the makeup department, and it is... It's getting ugly. Like they're it's, bringing the same level of skill to bear that uh, they brought in the uh, the episode with the de aging admiral, and uh, it's not not nice to look at. God, and I, I think we mentioned this a little bit at the end of the last episode. But how must it feel to be a legitimate old person on this show as an actor? Yeah, and be sitting next to someone in the makeup trailer being aged via makeup. And they're like swinging you both around into the mirror, going, "Hey, you guys look the same, right?" Like, uh. Well, we might not be sure if this is like an anti-science or pro-science show. It is most definitely anti-old people. Yeah, for sure. So the captain gets this idea that if they can. You know, they don't have any transporter pattern to work with to save Pulaski. But what if they got some DNA? Could they just use that as like a comparative, a piece of comparative information? Right. And that that is a really exciting notion because it uh, it sends them off into a search for Pulaski DNA. Right. So they like rifle through her apartment. Yeah. This is Riker and Data pulling like, pulling all the drawers open, looking at her under things. They're t- they're doing that uh Dateline NBC thing where they're like using a black light <laughs> going around her her condo trying to find something. Yeah. I don't I doubt Riker would be okay with this sort of thing happening in his quarters. No. He might have the only lock on any door in the whole ship. I think you'd have to believe that the black light would be malfunctioning if you tried to use it in this room. Like, uh, like it's I'm blinding. O- I'm only getting one color. Like there's no <laughs> there's no differentiation here. This thing is broken. Yeah. Also, how come your bed sheets are stiff as a board? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like a, it's like the box and refrigerator came in. I I broke his bath towel over my knee. <laughs> These socks are like sticks. <laughs> I've never I've never seen a stock a sock that stands up on its own. <laughs> oh, I'm stuck to this chair. <laughs> So they finally find a hair in the hairbrush uh, with a follicle in it, and boom. Live DNA. There you go. That's how DNA works, right? It sure does, Adam. <laughs> we take the hair and replicate the doctor. <laughs> Dino DNA. The hairbrush being, of course, the amber that yeah. the mosquito, which in this this uh, example is the is the hair follicle, has been trapped in. Yeah. Yeah. All checks out. So so they take that back to O'Brien and O'Brien like has one of the funniest pieces of dialogue <laughs> that I think I've heard in the entire series so far. It it, it might as well be written in a foreign language. It's amazing. <laughs> They're spitballing ideas and and they finally come up with this whole idea using Pulaski's DNA and they're like, "Well, chief, can you do it?" And he's like, well, I'd have to get into the biofilter bus and patch in a molecular matrix reader. That's no problem. But the waveform modulator will be overloaded without the regeneration limiter in the first stage circuit. O'Brien is kind of flexing. He's like, he's like, you know, I'm I'm transporter chief, but I'm looking at Geordi, You know, he's not going to be that's, he's not going to be chief engineer forever. Let me show let me show the captain what I've got. That's what I thought too. I like this is this is going to be given away at this point but this was this was my shimoda moment was o'brien going i'm gunning for a promotion and this is how i do it like like i'm gonna have a great idea that's not gonna make any sense to anyone <laughs> here you go and, and picard's like yeah do it i i have no idea what you meant but go ahead sounds like a good idea uh what was your name again <laughs> you're that guy that stands in here by himself every day <laughs> for weeks at a time right yeah, except That's for not normal. Except for in this episode, O'Brien has like a lackey. That's right. Yeah, who is creepy as hell. Yeah, that honest. guy is super date rapey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there are two actors in this in this episode that don't have a single word but yet occupy, you know, a pretty large amount of the episode. One yeah. of them's underwear guy and the other one is O'Brien's assistant. So they've beamed, um, they've obviously beamed data up by now. And so now they're going to beam up the doctor and, uh, Picard comes into the transporter room for the big event. And O'Brien is like, just by the way, this is like a one time deal. Like if we get her into the pattern buffer and we're detecting that it's like old Pulaski, there's no beaming her back down to the the planet. Like we got a dispersor pattern into space. Like there's nothing there, you know, because this is all Jerry rigged together like this, there's no, there's no turning back once, once we start. And the captain's like, then I will take the job of, of doing it. And O'Brien's like, thanks dude. That's awesome. And yeah. And it really goes down like that too. Like, like it is extremely understood between them that, O'Brien doesn't want the job of the mercy killing, no. and Picard is all too happy to do it because he hates Pulaski. <laughs> yeah, um, the, yeah, and uh, 
you know, that I think is most evidenced by the fact that he does not then radio down to Pulaski and explain this to her. He's just like, all right, let's get this going. Like, <laughs> let's fire this thing up. Yeah. So they start beaming her up and it's like, it's played for some tension. Like they kind of fade in and out between super old Pulaski and just pretty old Pulaski. <laughs> and uh, Standard issue old Pulaski. <laughs> yeah. Bone stock old Pulaski. Um, but, She's got uh, some miles on her. Yeah. Those are city miles, Adam, you know? She's a pit woofy, like, that, that, is, that does not qualify for, uh, for the warranty. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, they, uh, they beam her aboard, and, and she's, uh, she checks out. So we are stuck with her for the rest of the season. Yeah, pretty big disappointment, probably, to a lot of people. Darmok, Angelad, Tanaga. So uh, they they warp off to uh, to where the lantry is, and there's a very somber moment at the end of this episode where everybody stands up on on the ship and they have a little moment of silence, and then they nuke the lantry, thus saving uh, everybody from this this genetic disease. And I guess we didn't even explain what the disease was, did we? Uh, insofar as we just explained it as a as a disease that ages people yeah. in an accelerated manner. It it comes out that because these kids are so genetically advanced, their immune systems have like attacked this this uh Thalusian flu that this guy had so much that they're rewriting the genetic code of everybody that uh that comes in contact with it and therefore aging them up. So just, I just wanted to make sure that got in there. Yeah, and, you know, in addition to destroying the Lantry and scattering 200 cans of soup into space, <laughs> uh, they they also needed to quarantine that lab. Was that a Ted Cruz joke? <laughs> no, I think it was just an old person joke. Oh, because Ted Cruz is famous for having <laughs> bought 200 cans of soup. God, I just, yeah, that, that number wasn't significant outside of that bit of trivia. Yeah, it has, it has nothing to do with Ted Cruz, thank God. Yeah. So they quarantine the kids on the planet too. Like their fate is to spend the rest of their lives alone and then and then die, I guess, because they can never come in contact with any humans, uh, because uh, their their uh, their biological defenses would just kill them the way they killed everyone else. Yeah, and uh, that is uh, pretty brutal. Although I think these kids are probably sharp enough to uh, come up with a way of fixing that, right? I think they're extremely dangerous, and if they were smart, they should truck on back to the planet and use a few more of those torpedoes on the base yeah i mean there's no there's no telling what will happen though if a photon torpedo comes in contact with that many orthopedic shoes (laughs) (laughs) sir our our phasers cannot possibly penetrate that many shawls (laughs) (laughs) Sir, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading a massive surge of energy. It appears that uh, 200 craftmatic adjustable beds have been <laughs> operated all at once. <laughs> Our systems can't possibly power that many hover rounds. <laughs> oh man! Uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode was uh, so Pulaski hatches the plan to use a shuttlecraft as her as her sick bay, as her mobile sick bay. Yeah. She and Data go into the shuttle bay. And 
see the most janky looking shuttlecraft I'm, I think has ever been on the show. <laughs> it looks like what a shuttlecraft looks like if a bunk bed race car looks like a race car. <laughs> like it's that equivalent. Like yeah. it's a totally squared off model. Like you can tell it was never meant to be shot. It was meant to be shot like in the in the far distance. Yeah. It looks like a fucking cardboard box. Well, they have two kinds like of a- shuttlecraft on this show. There's the kind that they only show in space or in like a yeah. rendering, which is like the Toyota Previa like minivan version of yeah. the shuttlecraft. Like it, it looks like a jelly bean with warp nacelles. It's great. Right. But then there's the other kind which is the plywood junker that they actually show people getting in and out of and uh yeah. those are always the uh the uh squared off pieces of shit yeah this was totally like shuttlecraft jalopy yeah but of course like i think that's a good idea you want to give her the beater because you aren't sure if uh if it's gonna get all that that virus on the inside of it oh but she leaves the ship on a nice one yeah i think that's a continuity error you uh-huh. know yeah you might be right as you were watching, did you come across any drunk Shimoda figures? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! Yeah, so Drunk Shimoda is the award we give any character who's doing something silly or hilarious to us. Um, and I think I'm going to give this one uh, once again to Picard, just for a little moment when... Uh, so he, he got on FaceTime at a certain point with the captain of the USS Repulse, which... Savvy viewers will recognize as the ship that Pulaski transferred from in episode one of season two. And uh, the captain on on that ship lets slip that Pulaski is like kind of obsessed with Captain Picard and knew his whole service record and was really excited to come work on the Enterprise. And this is after they've had a lot of conflict and, you know, she's really kind of attempted to big dug him several times. And uh, Captain Picard's reaction to getting this news that Pulaski is obsessed with him is so funny. Extraordinary. It, he just says, extraordinary. <laughs> and and really winces as he says it. Like, <laughs> it just really made me laugh. He winces because the actor Patrick Stewart knows how shitty of a, of a line of dialogue that is for that exact moment. <laughs> like, it's almost like... It's ego masturbation if we're going to take that scene as true. Like, like he's really turned on by the idea that Pulaski is so into him, right? Oh, like I... From a professional standpoint. I took it as much the opposite, Adam. I really, oh, really? I really thought that his performance was that that really creeped him out. Oh. Wow. Well, we took it completely different ways. Well, it's funny either way. Yeah, it is. Uh, as I said before, Chief O'Brien is definitely... My drunk Shimoda for this episode. Yeah. Like, Going for instinct, that big promo. Yeah, the instinct to brag. Like that word salad that he just sort of bombed out <laughs> into the transporter room. Like, yeah. you can't just do that. Yeah, nobody's going to be able to check the math on Technobabble <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah, you're chief because we trust you. Go do your chiefing. Yeah. I just want a yes or no answer to my question. I am the cutest of all. What do we have coming up on the next episode? Our next episode is season two, episode eight, A Matter of Honor. Riker's loyalties are put to the test when he's assigned to a Klingon vessel, which plans to attack the Enterprise. Do you remember this one, Adam? Uh, this one is one of the more memorable episodes of the whole series, I think. Yeah, this I, is I, like I totally a, agree. This is like Klingon exchange program. Yeah. and, uh, uh, and like, awesome. 
and and like I feel like really establishes some of the some parts of the Klingon mythos that haven't heretofore been established, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I'm excited to see Riker kick some ass on a Klingon ship. Yeah, you gotta kick some ass if you're on a, a Klingon ship. It's required. He's over there to eat some gawk and grab some ass, and he's all out of gawk. <laughs> oh, he's not out of gawk. There's plenty of gawk to go around. <laughs> All right, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Uh, that just about wraps us up. Uh, you can comment about this episode and all of our episodes on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag GreatestGen, uh, which is a great way to connect with other people that listen to the show. And us, uh, I check it 50 times a day, every single day. If you like the old people from the episode we just saw, there's also plenty of old people <laughs> using the hashtag GreatestGen. And like public public health organizations tweeting that you shouldn't be a, a medication mixture statistic. <laughs> <laughs> a literal tweet that I saw the other day using the hashtag greatest gen. I'm so glad that that's our hashtag. It's so great. <laughs> it's one of the best decisions we've ever made. Absolutely. 100% Adam. Yeah, so in addition to the hashtag, you've got uh, me and Ben. Uh, I'm at Cut for Time. He's at Benjamin R. A-H-R. Uh, don't forget, our music and our interstitial music is by one Dark Materia. Uh, you can find the Picard song everywhere songs exist on the internet. Uh, that's how popular the song is. That is true. Much more popular than our show, I'll put it that way. Yep. Please go to iTunes and uh, leave us a nice review. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? It would be, be great. Nice. If we had as many reviews as we have listeners, we'd have a lot more listeners. Yeah, we'd have like 40 reviews. It'd that, be great. That's like a Buddhist cone. Am I using that right? I don't, th- I don't think I am. You're going to get about 200 emails if you didn't, so let's find out. So, uh, drunkshimoda at gmail.com if you want to correct me about my feeble understanding of Eastern religions, uh, or if you just want to talk to us about any anything Star Trek related. With that, we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and another episode of The Greatest Generation that talks about it. <laughs> That's exactly what we've done here. All right, Adam. Later. It it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> it, Bye, guys. It does. It, it's embarrassed, and it is about Star Trek. <laughs> See ya. MaximumFun.org